0: They throw it down. They try to pitch it, and they do it's Parker. Parker pitches it. And it's Drake! Drake! 30, 20! That counts, he's got a tackle! That's it! He's going in there! That's it! the no <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> Are you kidding oh. me? Hey, this is the Inside Johnny Big Redemption Light! You know what I'm about? Oh look. Whoa, 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 whoa. Get out the way, get out
1: the way, get out the way. Yeah. Yeah, Did that way, really yeah. just get happen? Way, yeah. I couldn't believe it from my vantage point in the press box. I'm sure you couldn't either. What is up, doll fans, and welcome in to a Victory Monday podcast, the December the 10th edition of Of the Lockdown Dolphins Podcast, I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football, and on today's show, Miami wins in miracle fashion. Kenyon Drake from Devontae Parker, from Kenny Stills, from Ryan Tannehill, the Dolphins win on a buzzer-beating 69-nice yard touchdown pass, stunning the Patriots, and keeping the season alive for another week. We'll talk about all the plays, the players, the post-game interviews, and a very, very salty Bill Belichick post-game. But first, really quick, subscribe, rate, and review. Follow me on Twitter, at Winkflow NFL. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. I have a piece up there right now talking about my entire experience down here for that game and just the way it was in the press box, locker room, all that fun stuff. And of course, last but not least... The other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, I just did a hit for the Locked On NFL podcast with Matt Williamson. You guys can check that out right now on LockedOnPodcast.com. Let's go ahead and jump right into this crazy, crazy post-game review of the Dolphins win over the New England Patriots.
0: That's another Miami Dolphins.
1: And first down today's Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you by MyBookie, where you play, you win, you get paid, and real quick, just kind of going over some of the individual performances or the play calling, the coaching, kind of all the things I would give you guys normally on a recap podcast. Want to run through those things here really quickly. And the first thing I have in my notes is the offensive plan that Adam Gaze instituted for this game. And there was lots of rumors going on during the game about Dow Loggins holding a play sheet on the sideline and how he might be calling plays, and that would have made a ton of sense because this Dolphins offense was brand new from what I've seen in the past. Last year against the Patriots, they did a lot of the same stuff as well. Misdirection, some 12 personnel packages, tons of package and personnel rotation in and out of the game, rollouts, some post routes, working the middle of the football field, taking shots on first down, play action passes on first down, Everything just seemed different in the way they approached the game on offense, more aggressive and just more execution from the guys, which is always great to see. I'll have more for you guys in the film study later in the week. Of course, I was up in the press box without a great vantage point as far as doing the film and replays and doing all that fun stuff, but we'll do that later in the week. As far as this game, some of the issues still remain from the previous game. Defensive issues from a scheme standpoint continue to plague this team and this defense As the Patriots found a rabbit on almost every single play, it seemed like, taking the matchups they wanted at will. Whether it was Gronk on Kiko, Edelman on Armstrong, Matt Burke got absolutely schooled in this game. And I think we're at the point in the season where you can say that just about every week. So there's a scapegoat developing there. I think that's going to be the case going forward, but let's go ahead and get back to the game here and talk about the fact that Adam Gaze, Belichick, Bill Belichick, the unleashing of Brandon Bolden, a 54-yard touchdown run. He added another 6-yard touchdown run in the game. He goes off and burns his own team. And post-game in the locker room, he actually said that no matter what happens the rest of the year, as far as his offensive touches, he's good. He wanted to do that to the Patriots. He did it. I'm so happy for him. (laughs) I'm so happy it happened for our Dolphins. As far as the rest of the offense goes, Kenny Stills was awesome in the game until he wasn't. He goes eight catches on nine targets, which for him is a surprise because he's normally a 50% catch type of guy for 135 yards and one touchdown. Statistically a big time game for him. Frank Gore had another big game. I thought... The post route to Bryce Butler was an awesome play call, awesome catch, awesome design all the way around there. But back to Kenny Stills. He had two plays on consecutive drives in that fourth quarter where he really put the team in a disadvantage when he slid down short of the mark on a second and sixteen play where he slid down about a half yard shy of the first down. The Dolphins wind up getting sacked on third down and not converting. And then on the next drive, he drops a third and four play, which really, by all intents and purposes, should have been the final offensive play for the Dolphins outside of a miracle lateral play. So the offensive skill, guys, the ball was spread around quite a bit, but mostly Kenny Stills. The running backs got involved. Ryan Tannehill was sharp in this game again, I thought. Like I said, I'll look at the film. But a 155.1 passer rating on the day, only through 19 passes, but 13 and half yards per attempt. His passer rating on the season now, 105.7. So he's climbing that rank quite a bit. Should be right around the top ten once this uh, Sunday comes to an end here. Over on the defensive side of the football, it was another kind of up and down, tough day for Minka Fitzpatrick. He maybe could be more inclined to play safety. I think he got exposed a little bit at cornerback today. Some of his lateral change of direction isn't great, so maybe playing safety would be better for him. I don't know. We'll see more going forward. Really beyond Xavier and Howard at cornerback, there aren't any good options. They tried Cornell Armstrong. They tried Jalen Davis. Torrey McTire was out there. None of those guys seemed to really fit just yet. Obviously, the two young players. Actually, all three of them are young players. They have a chance to grow. They're just not quite there yet. The run defense was very good in the game. Dolphins' run defense allows just 77 rushing yards on 33 carries from the Patriots all day. Now, obviously, the pass defense wasn't quite as good. But obviously, the run defense there with about two and a half yards per carry. Rob Gronkowski made some guys really look bad. So he was definitely exploiting some safeties and linebackers and coverage. And luckily Steven Guskowski missed a couple of kicks, something that's kind of becoming a theme for opposing kickers in Miami, which, you know, I don't know if it's the Indian burial ground, whatever it is, the Dolphins continue to have good luck in the kicking game by that way. As far as their own special teams, a couple of gaps that really cost them two blocked punts. They did adjust to that by going with a rugby style kick, a college style kick from Matt Hawk, but that didn't work out great either because he kind of shanked a few of those punts as well. So, Dolphins' special teams really kind of put them behind the eight ball as did the defense and the offense finally, for once, finally, with 34 points, bells the Dolphins out, gets them a win, gets them to seven and six, puts them right back into the race. And speaking of being in the race, as well as that rugby-style kick, I had a question for Adam Gaze and his post-game presser. We'll get to that, the mood of the locker room, and what it was like to be in the same room as Bill Belichick when he was mad during a press conference. All of that and a whole lot more after this word from my bookie. And as football season winds to an end, The betters of the world can rejoice because we have college sports, the NBA, the National Hockey League and the way you can play all those sports is through my bookie where you play, you win, you get paid. It's not about who you're betting on. It's more important than who you're betting with and that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie, the best bet you'll make all season long. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online and their mobile site is very easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. They have in-game, live betting over unders on fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And you guys know the drill by now. My bookie is currently slammed with new bettors and wants to give everybody the best possible customer service. So if you deposit your money after 7pm Eastern, they'll toss in an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar when using promo code locked on to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play money. And if you want that extra $25 candy and the free play promo code, use promo code LOCKEDON25 to get that free $25. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid.
0: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: Seven seconds left. Tannehill will throw it. And this will end it after the shovel. Or will it? Miami running around, circling. Oh, look out! Gronkowski didn't have the angle! Touchdown! Oh, Kenyon Drake! A miracle! I know I usually mix up the audio up for you guys with different plays from the games, but what other play is there to look at on this game than the Kenyon Drake miracle? And just watching that play again, hearing it again over on the replay for the second time, giving me total goosebumps. Amazing. Just can't believe that I was there to see that. Can't believe how this team was able to put together a victory in that fashion. It always seems like the Dolphins have that stuff happen to them but it's the Dolphins that come out on the right side of things after creating no turnovers, the two-block punts, allowing over 400 yards from the Patriots' offense. They converted one out of seven third downs, and yet here we are, a huge win for the Dolphins. The rest of the season now suddenly has relevance, and we'll get to that here in a minute, but I want to tell you guys about my post-game experience and just what it was like to be in the box for that play. Now, when you're in the press box, there is no cheering allowed. It's professional. It's like watching a game from church is how they describe it. And if... You wanted to watch a game from church. This is probably the last one you wanted to see because there were nine lead changes in the game itself. The most lead changes in Miami Dolphins history and New England Patriots history. So definitely an epic game in that regard, but also the way it ended. When I saw that clearing open up from where I had that vantage point, which was pretty great. And I saw Rob Gronkowski, his old injured ass, struggling to get to the sideline. I thought Drake had that tunnel and Ted Larson gets downfield. And a great Ted Larson story for you guys here that only you can find on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast with that inside access there were Ted chants going on in the Dolphins locker room Ryan Tannehill walking to the shower with his towel wrapped around his waist going Ted 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 as the rest of the offensive line is egging on the entire locker room to get the Ted chant going and they got it going because he was downfield about 40 yards warts and all all season long for Ted Larson makes one of the biggest plays of the year for the Miami Dolphins so great to see that happen great to see the camaraderie in the locker room but when he got downfield for that block and Kenyon Drake made that move that clearing was open and there was no way Gronk was going to have that angle on him so Drake speed kills once again gets the Dolphins into the winner's circle and from there I'm sitting there saying oh my god oh my god oh my god he's gonna score and I wasn't yelling that loud but I did keep saying oh my god and Andy Cohen sitting right in front of me is kind of giving me a shush like you can't do that and I'm like I know but are you watching the game right now as things are playing out and Jason's just sitting there in complete shock he doesn't have anything to say he is, his eyes are glossed over and just in complete utter shock I don't even know if it's hit him yet as we're still a couple hours removed from that game but it for me it played out in real time and I just couldn't hold it in all the way I tried my best but I didn't succeed in that fashion. So after that, we raced downstairs. I said, I want to get to that tunnel. I want to see these guys in that locker room instantly. So we go downstairs, take the elevator, and the guys are all running off the field, hooting and hollering, just having a blast. The staffers are fist pumping and shaking each other and jumping up and down. TD comes walking in, the Dolphins mascot, fist pumping, or I guess fin pumping, if you want to call it that. So just a really good atmosphere. And then from there, we had to go see Bill Belichick. That was a bucket list item. We both wanted to go see him, Jason and I. So we go over there. And sure enough, this old curmudgeon Bill Belichick walks into this little 10 by 10 concrete block room and it's crammed in there. There's cameras. There's like two New England reporters, me and Jason in the very back, just kind of trying to get an eye on this epic all-time coach and just watch him grumble over his own words as he's pissed off about not making enough plays. And of course, it was all about, you know, they made one more play than we did. That's why we lost the game. And there was a great moment in the presser where somebody... Or there was no questions being asked. They asked him a couple of questions to start, and then everybody was kind of paralyzed in fear and wouldn't bring up a question. And Belichick just kind of puts his hands up in the air as if to say, What the hell are we doing here? And that was about when I wanted to get out of there because I just wanted to see it for a little bit. Jason stuck around, watched all the Patriots interviews. We'll talk to him later in the week about some of those interviews. But then we went over to the Dolphins press room and I was able to get in there to see Adam Gaze's presser. Sat down, even asked him a question. I asked him about the rugby style punting and if they had practiced that all year or if that was an in-game adjustment. he said they have worked on it all season long. This was the first time they had to bust it out. So I did my my part. I got my question into Adam Gaze, but he was in and out real quick. Cam Wake came in. Ryan Tannehill came in. They spoke at length. If you guys want to see those pressers, they're up on MiamiDolphins.com. I put them in the article that I have called The Greatest Experience of My Life, parentheses, parentheses Dolphins Down Patriots. That's up on LockedOnDolphins.com right now. Check that out. All of my live game day experience stuff up on that column. But just seeing the way that they conducted the media interviews, having Ryan Tannehill come in, kind of joking with the guys, or the media reporters, I should say, Cam Wake in the same way, and Cam Wake, the way he captivates an audience, captivates that entire room, and just talks about some of the key plays that led up to that moment because so many reporters want to ask about that final play, but Cam has a great way of compartmentalizing things and breaking it down to a play-by-play situation. Talking about the end of the game, when, or the end of the first half, I should say, when those plays they made, getting those first and second down, third down stops on Tom Brady before eventually sacking him and forcing him to miss the field goal or not even get a chance to take the field goal, I should say. Just his the way he views the game, the way he views the process, always fun to see. That was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see him talk. I'm super glad that it happened. And then Ryan Tannehill came in and gave us some interesting nuggets about his foot and ankle, said that it hurt like hell, said he was pissed off that it happened, said they went and got x-rays, which came back clean, so that was good. But you could tell there was a limp to his walk. He came into that media room, not really in the best shape as far as his physical goes. His spirits were super high. He was joking, he was jovial. The reporters were giving him some crap. He was giving it back to him. Just a fun experience to be there at that time. And then it was on to the locker room where I spoke to Devon Godshaw. But that was basically it. There was tons of reporters in there. Even Jeff Darlington, the ESPN national guy, he was down there. They were doing all kinds of video hits, television hits. Kenny Stills was surrounded. Devontae Parker was part of that. Kenyon Drake, obviously. Brandon Bolden had a huge crowd. So I got to experience some of those interviews and kind of be part of that. There was another interview with Jawan James at the end of the game where he told me and Joe Shad, and I think it was Hal Habib, to basically beat it. He had to go pick up his family at the airport, so that was kind of interesting. But I did get a chance to chat with Devon Godshaw and just talk about some of his growth in year number two and what he thinks he has done to improve his game and also to become a leader. And I wanted to play that interview for you guys, but it's pretty tough to hear through the audio. So I can just tell you that I talked about, like I mentioned, growing in his second year, how he feels he has really been taken under Cam Wake's wing to kind of take over a leadership role on that defensive line. I asked him about getting his first sack of the year, which didn't really count as a sack because Robert Quinn, I guess, ate that sack up. But you could tell he was fired up about it. He said he wants to be able to take down Brady 10 times a game every time they play them. So definitely something these guys think about in regards to playing a memorable all-time player like Tom Brady. So just really this entire experience, the Miami Dolphins organization, Scott Stone in the PR department, Joe Shad was very helpful throughout the course of the week, so many people I have to thank, Antoine Staley, Cameron Wolf, of course Jason Harina from LockedOnDolphins.com. He wrote a great reaction piece, you guys can check that out right now, up on LockedOnDolphins.com. These last 10 days, I don't think either Jason or I will ever forget really anything about this trip. It was memorable, it was just top shelf all the way around. The Dolphins are a class organization and it was so nice of them to welcome us in to give us this experience and just really soak all this in because i will never forget it just the winning the way that they won the late game heroics the fact that the team was so excited after the game i wouldn't change a thing about it and i can't wait to come back and do it again next year we've got one more segment left on the podcast and most importantly perhaps above this amazing personal experience of mine perhaps above the best win we've all seen from this dolphins team ever possibly What's more important is that right now, Miami are right back in the playoff hunt. We'll discuss that next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins.
0: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Get out the way! Get out the way! Get out the way! Yeah! Yeah! Get out the way! Get the stuff out my way!
1: Yeah! Yeah! You nothing better than a little J rock on a monday edition of the lockdown dolphins podcast you know what that means it is victory monday as the dolphins down the new england patriots 34 to 33 and another interesting factoid that i saw post game that was brought to us by the dolphins pr staff was that this was the first game in miami dolphins history where they won the game on the last play of the game as the clock hit double zeros or i guess i should say triple zeros of course overtime games do not include that when the clock goes to zero 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 the dolphins have never scored a touchdown to end the game to put the game to bed until today they did it against the Patriots get back to seven and six get themselves right back into the thick of the playoff hunt as the Baltimore Ravens put up a great fight against the Kansas City Chiefs but eventually lose that one to Patrick Mahomes. The Denver Broncos blow a game to the San Francisco 49ers. And even the Pittsburgh Steelers go down to the Oakland Raiders. So they're back kind of in this wild card hunt now too, as long as the Ravens can jump them. So with the Colts victory, the Titans victory on Thursday, there is a glut of nine and seven teams. The Dolphins right in that hunt. But the good news is, is if Miami wins their last two AFC games, so remove the Vikings game altogether. And there is a three or more way tiebreaker at nine and seven for that sixth and final spot Because of conference record, the Dolphins will be the one that goes to the playoffs and faces either Houston, New England, Pittsburgh, whoever it might be in that first round. So the tiebreakers favoring Miami. But for now, hey, 10-6 and six is still an option. And if you get Xavier and Howard back and the way the team rallied around the defense today, I mean, it wasn't great in the game or the grand scheme of things. But in the second half, they held the Patriots to just two field goals. So really, things could get better, I suppose, if you want to be optimistic about it. And maybe we'll get more good news later in the week if Xavier Howard comes back and is healthy and ready to play because I think we all saw what the defense looks like without him out there as he continues to make more money on a day when he's not even healthy and ready to go. He did have a quick cleanup on the knee, a quick surgical procedure, hoping to get him back next week. And the Dolphins need him because that Vikings team has two... All pro receivers in Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But this Dolphins team, why not make a run? Why not try to get to ten and six? If they go ten and six, I would be absolutely floored if they don't make the playoffs. I think ten and six win the next three games go into the playoffs with a five-game winning streak. And actually, the last time I was in Miami was 2008 when they lost a game to the Patriots and then ripped off five wins in a row to get into the playoffs to seize the AFC East crown for the first time in the last decade. And maybe it'll happen again. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But the Dolphins win in dramatic fashion. Like I said, I'm going to have breakdowns of this stuff throughout the week. Tomorrow is a long, long day for me, a travel day. I'll be on an airplane all day. But I will still have the podcast for you guys on Tuesday. And real quick before I go, just kind of recapping the entire trip in general and what South Florida really meant to me those last 10 days. I mean, I tweeted about it. I kind of joked about it. But maybe it's just the kind of December fever as it snows back home. But I don't know. I could see myself living here, especially if it was covering the Miami Dolphins. So maybe if things continue to grow and advance from here, which they have tremendously over the last year and a half, hell, I never thought I'd be watching Bill Belichick do a press conference at Hard Rock Stadium after a 69-yard lateral play goes for a touchdown to give the Dolphins the win to keep their season alive. And yet here I am. So maybe next year we'll get to see more things, more better things, maybe playoff games, maybe home playoff games. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm pumped up. I can't fucking wait to get on that plane and rock my Dolphins gear all the way home because Fin's up. Even though I report on the team now, I cover the team. I am still a fan at heart. And it was very tough in that booth to not get excited watching our team make what, to me, was the greatest play in franchise history. So, South Florida, you were beautiful all week long, all week and a half long. Jason and I appreciate the hell out of you guys. Thank you for all the recommendations. Thank you for the meetups. Kathleen, you were a blast to hang out with the other night down on South Beach with all those Boston guys that just couldn't stop talking about how great Tawami was. So annoying, but still good, guys. Just a fantastic time, a fantastic week, a fantastic trip. 2-0, 2 and 0. We are now 2 and 0 live in person with the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, bringing my career record to 2 and 4 now, a respectable 2 and 4. I will take that to the bank every day and twice on Sundays. But as for my time today, that's going to be it for this podcast, guys. You all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Weekend NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. Keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked Dolphins podcast. Your Daily Dose for Miami Dolphins football. Five out of six over the Patriots at home, guys. Ryan Tannehill hasn't lost to the Patriots at home since his rookie year, 2012. Fins up. Go Dolphins.